Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Deep Fried Cheese Nerds podcast, episode nine, week eight at the Buffalo Bills. It's just me and Ryan today. Ryan had the week off last week, so Cody has taken the week off this week. Sadly, the Packers lost to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, although it wasn't totally unexpected. And we did not crash and burn, and we did not look totally inept. I feel like I should be sad. There's a lot of reasons to be sad, but maybe there's like some sort of mental break happening in which I actually feel optimistic and somewhat happy. So there's cautious optimism on my part. Yeah, I'm in the same boat uh, going into this week. I don't think there's too many people that were on the Packers side of this game. That's me included. I thought it was going to be a blowout. I thought I was saying 40 to 10. So to see this game, the final score and how it played out, I'm, even though we lost, I'm pretty happy with, (laughs) with not getting just destroyed. Yeah. I mean, the general reactions among the fan base after Sunday have been, would you look at that? We stuck with them a little bit before we get too far into that. We have a lot of NFL news to discuss like a lot. The NFL trade deadline was today. We're recording this on Tuesday, November 1st, and quite a lot happened. Actually, the most in NFL history happened. 10 total trades, the most ever on trade deadline day. It was pretty exciting. Yeah, a lot of of stuff happened. Just a few highlights from the trade deadline. Broncos have traded linebacker Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins for a 2023 first rounder and running back Chase Edmonds. So he gets a fresh start in the crowded Denver backfield. The Bears picked up the Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool for a 2023 second rounder. I understand the Packers were in the mix, but did not score. What else is new? Right. The Lions traded star tight end. Well, maybe not star. I'd put him up there. I don't I don't think it's bad to say star. I think he's definitely got the potential. I would say he's always had star potential, but he was never used that way as a lion. He was packaged with a 2023 fourth rounder and a 2024 conditional fifth rounder. And he got traded to the rival Vikings for a 2023 second and a 2024 third, which, I mean, I know in-division trades are bound to happen, but that just seems, I don't know. Something feels weird whenever you trade with a division rival. Yeah, for me, that that was the biggest surprise of the day. I mean, a guy's name who we didn't even think was on the chopping block here, especially, you know, a Lions team coached by Dan Campbell. Yeah, isn't he a former tight end? Yeah, and it just seems like, you know, that would be his his guy, you know, TJ Hawkinson, from what I see from hearing fans talk about him, he's, a you know, one of the hardest working guys in the room, shows up every day. He has that grit mentality that uh, we heard about all throughout Hard Knocks this year. So, yeah, I was very surprised he was traded, first of all, and then to a divisional team. It, <laughs> the Vikings just got a lot stronger. Yeah, and I understand the Lions are trying to rebuild that team right now, and they probably need to focus on the defense more than offense. 
So those picks will help them out immediately next year. But I mean, that's just a large piece of your offense that you're trading away to a division rival. And it just just makes it sting a little bit more that every the Bears, Lions, the Vikings all were moving yeah. around today. <laughs> all making trades and the Packers are just sort of sitting there being like, hmm, nope. They slept in today. Yeah. Couldn't uh <laughs> couldn't make couldn't make the deal. What are you what are you gonna do? Just uh they wanted too much. Wanted too much, so I walked. Besides that, uh the 49ers traded running back Jeff Wilson Jr. to Miami for a fifth. So Miami making a lot of moves today. That's not a big surprise. If you watch the 49ers play on Sunday, you saw Christian McCaffrey basically come in and take over that team. So not a big surprise that third stringer Jeff Wilson is getting a fresh start somewhere else. One of the more surprising trades of the day, Falcons suspended wide receiver Calvin Ridley gets traded to the Jaguars for a very complicated conditional second round pick. Basically, if Calvin comes back to the team and plays well enough to sign a long-term deal with the Jaguars, the Falcons get a second-round pick for him. But there's all sorts of levels to that trade. They could either get a fifth, a fourth, a third, or at best, a second. It kind of seems just like how you described it there. I didn't really see this one at all. But how you described it there, it feels like the Jaguars could kind of spin that whatever direction they want. Yeah, know? they're in the driver's seat, and the Falcons are just <laughs> I guess it. I guess the Falcons got Calvin Ridley off the books, who's like you said suspended. So yeah, maybe that maybe that was their main concern. So yep. And finally, um, a running back for running back trade. The Bills traded their young running back Zach Moss and a fifth rounder to the Colts for their running back Naeem Hines. A pass-catching specialist is now headed to the Bills. And that running back room gets, I don't know, even more stinky? <laughs> it's, that, that's a strain. That's another running back by committee team that never seems to clear up. So those were the highlight trades from deadline day. But prior to the deadline day, we had another massive trade in division. Honestly, it probably makes our division a little nicer this t- this uh, this season, at least. The Bears have traded star linebacker Roquan Smith to the Ravens for their linebacker, A.J. Klein, plus a 2023 second and a 2023 fifth. So the Bears in rebuild mode and acquiring some draft picks. I've seen a picture of this somewhere. I'm trying to pull it up again, but... I don't know if you've seen how, talking about rebuild mode for the Bears, how many picks they have coming up here. Now I know they, the pitcher I saw, uh, there is a handful of first, second, third round picks that they have coming up here. And I know they lost one of their second round picks for Chase Claypool, but looking at all the picks they had, it's a drop in the bucket. I mean, you want to talk about rebuild mode, they're going to be having (laughs) something coming here soon. I think that team is going to be scary in maybe two or three years, maybe sooner, because they are figuring out how to use Justin Fields, and they are loading up picks for this new coaching regime to work with. So I'm like kind of excited to see what they can do, and I'm also terrified 
yeah, I think just next year alone, uh, they had a first and two seconds. Now they lost one of those, but they still have a second for, that they got from Baltimore. And then they have a third, two fourths, and two fifths, and then a seventh. So they got a handful of picks just in the next year. The Colts have fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady. So recognizing a problem and doing something about it. I kind of wish the Packers <laughs> would live by that example every now and then. Same here. <laughs> Finally, in our NFL news story, I don't know if you've heard this yet, Ryan. Some more information has come out about DK Metcalf's poop cart ride. The poop gate. Poop gate. <laughs> Back in, <laughs> what was it, week two? Week, week one? I can't, yeah, I can't remember. Early on. In an interview... DK Metcalf said, first off, Pete Carroll wanted him to go on the sidelines. That's from his own words. Pete Carroll basically said, hey, I can spit my gum on the sideline. You can poop on the sideline. We'll have a guy pick it up for you. (laughs) On top of all that, it turns out that DK Metcalf was uh, mic'd up during that game. And they can't just remove the mics. So... Apparently, NFL Films has detailed audio of that (laughs) entire situation. (laughs) Oh, man. Do you think they'll release that? (laughs) Oh, man. I mean... (laughs) I'm sure that they'll probably need DK. I'm I'm sure, like, DK would probably have to give them the okay, and they'll, (laughs) I'm sure, have to edit some out, but... I would just love to hear the ride. You know, you can stop once he gets to the tunnel, but I'd love to hear that ride, like every bump they go over, whatever. (laughs) Oh, man. What a fun little story. All right. We had some pretty fun games this weekend. There was a lot of points flying around. Um, I am one of the lucky few Christian McCaffrey owners, so I got to sit and revel in the Niners and Rams game and watch McCaffrey just, I don't even know how to describe it. He, have you, I've never seen a new player establish himself on a team quite the way McCaffrey did on Sunday. Maybe Khalil Mack in his first game with the Bears. And it's just funny, you know, as soon as we heard that, we're like, yep, makes sense. He's going to be a stud there as long as he stays healthy. And then just for his first actual, you know, full week of practice where he, his first debut game, for him to go off like that, it's just, yeah. it's scary to think what's coming, you know. Oh, I consider this his actual debut. Yeah. He had like 10 snaps last week, but then this week he was 80% of snaps. Like, that's his team. It's not a Trey Lance team. It's not a Jimmy Garoppolo team. It's not a Nick Bosa team anymore. It's not a Greg Kittle team, Mike Shanahan, none of them. It is now a Christian McCaffrey team. Yeah, and it's cool too, like the story about um, the the jersey number change, about how he had too much respect for Frank Gore. So Christian McCaffrey wore number 22 for the Panthers for his five-plus seasons. And then when he got traded to the Niners, Jeff Wilson already had 22. So he went with number twenty three, and it says here that those are two numbers added up were five, which is the number he wore at Stanford. So they uh, kind of offered him Frank Gore. You know, his number twenty one wasn't officially retired, but 
McCaffrey basically said he wasn't he wasn't even considering that, so he went with twenty three. That's a good number for him. Yeah, I, I like I, it too. I always like the number twenty three, especially like Jair is now wearing my favorite jersey for the Packers. So, did you have a favorite game that you watched this weekend? Yeah, for me it was the Panthers versus Falcons. <laughs> kind of coming off the Christian McCaffrey story here, it's just nice to see a key guy like that kind of gets plucked from your team and could leave you in disarray and kind of chaotic situation. And it's nice to see the Panthers just kind of performing how they have been. So the Panthers, the week of the trade, won 21-3 against the Buccaneers. And then this last week they played the Falcons, and it was a back-and-forth game. You might have seen DJ Moore kind of won them the game and then lost them the game all within a couple seconds. So he caught caught that game-winning or game-tying touchdown, and then they would have just needed the extra point. And then uh, uh, he ripped off his helmet, got the penalty, backed him up for the extra point. The kicker ended up missing it. Mm. And, you know, that kicker got a lot of heat. After he missed his field goal in the overtime, everybody was kind of pointing the finger at the kicker. But, you know, we, we've we seen it with Crosby in the past. Kicking's a lot of a mental thing, kind of like golf. After you miss that first one, it's in your head. So I didn't want to point fingers at him. You know, you could just point the finger back at DJ Moore and say, hey, don't do that. The game would have been won. Chances are he makes that field goal, and he would have never even had the chance to miss in overtime. You know, football players, they tend to be a superstitious lot, and or at least momentum plays such a key factor in the game and, like, player mentality, player morale. So when something amazing like that happens, like the big game-tying touchdown, and it's followed up by a just terrible mistake, just awful mistake. It can put it in these players' heads, and I'm not saying this is what happened, but it can put it in these players' heads that, oh, that's a bad omen. And then who knows if maybe they're overthinking that, and that gets in their head. And I can't, rem- I can't remember the, the drive before DJ Moore's uh, game-tying touchdown. There was like a, I think it was third down or fourth down, and it hit him right in the chest, and he ended up dropping it. And I'm like, oh, that's such a huge you know, drop. And then as soon as he caught that ball, I'm like, okay, he redeemed himself. Good for him. And then right as he said that, I ate my words as he ripped off his helmet. And I don't know if he wasn't sure of the score or not, but, I mean, tie game, you can't be doing anything like that. Yep. It's one of those plays he's going to remember. Oh, yeah. For sure. I would be very uh, – I'm not a betting man, but – I can probably bet that he won't be doing that again for the rest of the year. <laughs> or if he does, uh, he might be riding the bench for <laughs> some plays here. So you kind of mentioned this already a little bit. We'll try to pivot to something a little different. This week's NFL discussion question, I was going to ask what's your biggest surprise at the trade deadline. I think I'm going to pivot away from that since you already said Hawkinson surprised you the most. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with which team do you think made the most helpful trade in this season so far? Yeah, we just got done talking about it. I mean, for the 49ers to land a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you said it yourself. You, Everybody on that team is now, they know who the man is. Christian McCaffrey's in town. He's our guy. He's our leader. So for them to get a guy like that that can just take over a team, um, it's pretty uh, substantial. 
I can't remember the last time we had a Mike Shanahan led team with a bell cow running back. Cause he has always taken the RBBC approach. Yeah. So seeing him zero in on a guy and watching what he can do when he does that was just perfect. And just to see it in the his first game, you know, like we said, his first real debut game, to get him involved in the ways that they did. I mean, rushing, passing, and a receiving touchdown in a game, which I can't remember. They said it was like the first time it happened since Ladanian Tomlinson twenty yeah. years ago. So I mean, for a guy to do that in his first real full week of practice game, just like I said, it it's scary. It's I can't imagine what he's going to do the rest of the year if he stays healthy. I heard this on another podcast, um, kind of a fun stat. So Jimmy Garoppolo just got his first 30-yard touchdown, or his first like 30 yards air yards <laughs> touchdown on Sunday. And he's played something like 80-some games with the Niners so far. That's insane. Christian McCaffrey has played two, and he got it in his second one. That's crazy. So, you know, just give McCaffrey quarterback duties also. And that team will be unstoppable. They have to be careful, though. McCaffrey does have an injury history. And as much as you want to use him on every single play, that guy needs a break now and then. It's funny how they had Trey Lance and they're like, yep, this is a quarterback that can run. And then he gets hurt and they say, you know what we could do? Bring in a (laughs) running back that can be that can throw. (laughs) I love it. It's exciting. I love seeing a dynamic offense, even if it's on a team that I really dislike and that the 49ers fit that bill. I I dislike the 49ers, but I'm a big Christian McCaffrey fan, so it's exciting. Yeah. I tend to agree that the 49ers made the best trade so far. Um, I think they're the winners. We'll see what that means for their future. They gave up a lot to get McCaffrey. So we'll see what that does to them in the years to come. But for now, it was a massive trade that really increases their chance for a deep playoff run. And just kind of an honorable mention, I mean, like I discussed before, my biggest surprise was TJ Hawkinson. That's also huge for the Vikings. I mean, TJ is a known great blocking tight end who can also catch the ball going across the field. And that's what the uh, Vikings need. They need a guy that can catch in the middle of the field and block. So they're going to be doing their play action. So just watch out. I mean, Delvin Cook and Alexander uh, Mattinson, they could have a pretty explosive second half of the season here, depending on what happens, who's playing, who, you know, if there's any injuries. But I think, I think TJ Hawkinson's going to help them out in more ways than a lot of fans realize. I think we're looking at a year that the Vikings are probably going to win the NFC North. And this is only going to help them. So as you know, painful as it is to admit, the Vikings seem to be on a pretty steep upswing. Oh, yeah. They're in the driver's seat for sure. It's, uh, it's definitely their uh, division to lose here. Yep. If you have a question for the Cheese Nerds about the Packers, the NFL, or anything else, really, you can contact us on Twitter at DFCheeseNerds. That's nerds with a U. All right. Packer discussion time. Let's get into some news and gossip. First bit of news and gossip, the trade deadline came and it went. 
and the Packers did nothing once hearts, again. Hearts <laughs> shattered everywhere oh for the God. third consecutive season, or who knows even more. I can't remember, but. It's like when people get excited for Half-Life 3, and the more you talk about <laughs> it, the further away it gets. You just get a VR game instead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's just heartbreaking. I mean, you, you're like, I message you, my friends, like, oh, three hours, two hours, nine minutes. Let's figure this out, you know? <laughs> and then it just, nope, nothing. There were a lot of rumors the Packers had going for them. It was DJ Moore was a huge one. Chase Claypool was a big one. And I, they offered a second for Chase Claypool. But apparently the Steelers felt that the Bears second round pick was probably going to be higher than the Packers second round pick. So they went with the Bears, you know, that just makes me wonder, too, like, could you have thrown something in there to sweeten the deal a little bit? Hey, a second and hey, we got this uh, Mari Rogers. Yeah, we got this. We can give you a Rogers and they get excited and (laughs) think it's Aaron Rodgers. No, but I mean, I feel like you could have maybe sweetened that a little bit. It's just. Like I said, it's it's tough to see when we know we need some help and then they say, maybe next year we'll get them in the draft. <laughs> I just, because we saw Christian Watson come back and then in one play out again. If you could lip read, Matt LaFleur was on the sidelines. He looked at just as exacerbated as the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, by the end of the season, he's probably going to be... uh out as many games as he played or if not more i mean i know this team is going to be in salary cap trouble come next year but it feels like the team can't decide if they want to go all in or plan for the future they paid aaron Rodgers a buttload of money they're paying the defense a buttload of money but they're clinging to their picks because they got to be mindful of the future, but they went all in over the last two years or quote unquote all in over the last two years with free agent pickups. Yeah. It's just kind of like we're stuck in limbo. That's the toughest part about this. You're we're sitting here in the middle watching both sides of it where the Niners want to make a Super Bowl run and get a stud like Christian McCaffrey and go all in. I mean, get somebody explosive like that and then on the other side of it we see the lions you know trading away one of their stars to get ready for a rebuild or you know the bears just getting into a rebuild and picking up some small pieces here and there and then us packer fans are just here like oh man maybe we'll beat this next team with these half injured guys we have and it's just we're gonna end up the end the season in the middle of the pack, get a middle of the pack draft pick and be right where we are again. Yeah, we're in like a frustrating sort of position where it's not win now and it's not a rebuild. It's like a perpetual win soon or get hot soon mode where it's like, oh, we just got to clean up some things and then we're going to start heating up. And it feels like it's been that way for about five, six years now. Ever yeah. since Matt LaFleur came in. In injury news, Devondre Campbell, he had to leave Sunday's game early with a knee injury. He is now day-to-day. We'll see what his availability is later in the week. He didn't practice today, I don't think. Chris Barnes, on the other hand, are another of our inside linebackers who was on IR for most of the season. 
could quote potentially return this week, according to Matt LaFleur. So might be getting some depth back in case Devondre can't play. But Devondre is a is a pretty big loss and hopefully he's not gone for very long. Yeah, we need him back. In lighter news, the Packers announced that Jordy Nelson and Josh Sitton will be inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame next summer. So congratulations to them. Well deserved. Couple of folk heroes here in Green Bay. Old Cody the Jordy Burgers. Yeah. Jordy Burgers himself. Gonna be on the big ring. Yeah, it'll be cool to see, you know, Jordy sitting there with Rogers a little halftime interaction, getting his name up on the ring. So <laughs> following that up with all the Packers Hall of Fame talk. I don't know if you've seen uh Nick Barnett's tweet. I did not. <laughs> it was just you hate to see it. It just makes me feel sad. So you get all this talk every year about this guy's getting inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame. Then today, you know, the news comes out about Jordy and Josh Sitton. And then Nick Barnett comes on Twitter and says, out of you Packer fans, who here thinks that I should be in the Packers oh, Hall of no. Fame? <laughs> it's like, oh, man. <laughs> just poor guy. It's like oh, one of my so least sad. It's like one of my least favorite qualities and it's one of my least favorite qualities when a person's like, "Hey, how am I doing? Am I okay with you guys?" Like uh it's oh my god, it's quote it's I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> and it just seems like it's like it's one of the, it's like when your friend posts on Facebook like sad right now, nobody text me. Like Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. You should be in there, buddy. Yeah, right. We'll call him right now. It's like not a thirst trap, but like, a, I don't know. Like the like sign a, my petitions coming right around the corner here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was a good player. I liked him. <laughs> but this is this is sort of, that's not the way to tweet, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it this way, Nick Barnett. Uh, your poll on Twitter is not going to alter anybody's decision about putting you up on that ring. Maybe we should tweet something out like that this week. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, Question for Packers fans. <laughs> we did great with just the two of us this week, right? Yeah. Do you think it should just be the two of us all the time? Oh, no. Poor Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Cody's the first one to comment on it. <laughs> Cody, Cody is the only funny one on the podcast, so... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm including myself in that too. Yeah, I guess. It hurts. I feel like it hurts a little less to be the one saying it though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the Packers had a game this week. Did you know? We played against the Buffalo Bills, who were six and one coming to the game. We were three and four coming to the game. The prevailing opinion throughout most of the NFL fandom was that the Bills would bend us over their knee and spank out the national anthem on our rumps. Oh, rump-a-bum-bum. And they got through maybe the first few chords, but they weren't able to finish the song. I've seen worse performances from this team over the last three weeks. It was definitely, a, like I said earlier in the podcast, it was a happy loss. I know that sounds weird, but it was one I can live with. It was just... Nice to see them fired up. As it was getting like the game was getting chippy. Jair and Stefan Diggs were mouthing off to each other the entire game, even though they never lined up against each other. Before the game, 
<laughs> when they came out of the tunnel, they were yeah <laughs> side by side. They kept talking about uh, they kept talking about how the Bills only have the one tunnel, and I was like, man, like, and they kept saying, oh, we gotta change that. They gotta change that when they get the new stadium. They really gotta get a second tunnel. I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like this. Let's let's see more of that. Let's see more of Jair and Stefan Diggs like mouthing off to each other before the game starts. You can't call a penalty in the tunnel. I can't, I want to see more of that. As long as you know, as long as nobody's throwing haymakers, I'd like to see some trash talking in a game. Yeah, gets them a little fired up here. Yeah, I especially want to see the defense and the Packers in general playing angry. I just want to see them like, I want to see them angry and fired up and ready to prove themselves. Because that's how you win games. That's the mentality you have to be in. You called it a happy loss. I am right there with you. This is the kind of loss where you expected so much worse and the Packers gave us something to cling to. A little bit of hope. A light at the end of this tunnel. And validation that the past however long we've had Rodgers wasn't just a fever dream like this is a good team or has this this is a team with good players that just needs to figure some stuff out yeah and about the offensive performance I mean it was a game where we didn't know what to really expect then you see you know Watson go down then you see these nice even after that you see all these big explosive plays coming out from them you know the the long touchdown pass to Dobbs, the other one to Toure, you know, it's it was just it was an exciting offensive game. Yep, we got to see our run game just establish themselves in the most powerful way we've seen all year. The Packers totaled more than 200 rushing attempts against the number 1 ranked Bills defense. They beat the Bills in so many statistical categories that usually mean a victory. They got them in total yards. They got them in third down efficiency. They got them in total plays, time of possession. They won the turnover battle. We came at the Bills, and we legitimately made some good plays. Aside from a close loss to the Dolphins, the Bills have been absolutely unstoppable. So we, I mean, we did stuff against the Bills that no one gave us any hope of doing, except for a few delusional fans that refuse to give up on this team. Those stubborn Packer backers that (laughs) can only see the cheese at the end of the tunnel. They're the ones that make me proud to be Packer fans. (laughs) When you have that kind of optimism, it's, uh, it's infectious. Yeah, going back to that run game, though, I mean... Just keep on feeding them. Give them the ball more. I'm curious to see how A.J. Dillon's doing. A.J. Dillon, he had kind of a scary uh Oh, my God, I thought injury. he was done. I, yeah, I thought I, I basically said, great, he's out, you know, like he's done for. That but was, uh, then he was, I believe he was back in the game later on, unless. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean. He was. There's that, those quad work so, workouts or something, you know, but. I mean. Whenever you see an injury like that where the player's leg goes sideways and the defender is hanging on their neck and like lands on the leg, uh, it's 99.9% of the time it comes out ACL tear, end of his season. Look at him. Look at how in pain he was coming off the field there. I was sure he was done. And 
if you'll remember last year in the divisional round of the playoffs, AJ Dillon was such a major part of our game plan. And when we lost him during the game against the Niners, our offense shriveled up. We could not get anything going. AJ is a major part of this offense. He may not show up on the stat sheet, but his presence and what he does for this team is super important. And when he went down, I was very concerned because our offense has been shaky at best. We need him. Then going on the other side of the ball here, our defense, I think we already talked about it, you know, the game in general. It was better than we expected. Um, I was, like I said, I was expecting a blowout, 40 to 10. And for them to, you know, kind of hold them to where they were, they kept them under 30. Um, And then just seeing Jair running all over the field like a madman, it was, in my eyes, a good defensive performance. I think so too. This, the bill, like, if you look at the stat sheet, it's hard to see how the Bills actually beat us. I mean, Josh Allen only threw for 200, like, I say this only threw for, he only threw, he threw for 13 of 25 for 218, two touchdowns and two picks. Their leading rusher was Singletary. He only got 67 yards on the night. Josh Allen only got 49 rushing yards himself. Stefan Diggs, he's going to get his yards. He's just that good of a player. And he 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 came at us. He got 108 yards and a touchdown. But I just can't see exactly where they beat us. Yeah, and I know any listeners out there that hear me saying, hey, this in my eyes was a good defensive performance. Yeah, we still lost. Yeah, they still got 27 points. But look at what we had and how we played in the second half. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later, but Quay Walker, gone. Devondre Campbell, injured. You know, you, <laughs> you're you just getting decimated, but yet our defense is still coming out to play, especially in that second half. Yeah, I mean, we, after the, so the second quarter was terrible, and that's kind of been a running thing for the Packers is terrible second quarters. But after half, the Bills only scored three more points. And I hear a lot of people saying, oh, the Bills, well, they didn't need to score because they were so far ahead. But the Bills aren't the kind of team that takes their foot off the gas. They're the type of team that wants to score as much as possible. They're a very high-powered offense, and they didn't just stop playing. They didn't just sit back and let the run game take care of stuff. They were throwing. They were doing everything they could, and that's part of the reason we were still in this game because they kept trying to throw, and we got a couple of interceptions. And especially, like we talked about, the back-and-forth talk throughout and even before the game between Diggs and uh, Jair, you can't tell me that Diggs wasn't sitting next to Josh Allen and said, saying, hey, let's get three more touchdowns. Let's get me you know, 100 more yards. He, he wanted to light it up. This was a game we expected to lose, and we expected to lose by a lot but the team showed flashes of its former glory. Romeo lived up to his nickname, future Hall of Famer. We're going to talk about it later, but he had one of the best catches I've ever seen. Samori Toure showed some moves and showed improvisational skills with his first career touchdown. Uh, The run game wreaked havoc on the Bills' number one ranked run defense. So there are reasons to be optimistic about this team. 
Our defense needs to start playing up to their talent level. And if Jair's play mad mentality can spread throughout the locker room, we may be in for a very fun second half of the season. Okay, let's hand out some awards. It actually feels like we have reasons to give out awards this week. So let's oh, yeah. let's give them out. Who earned your Golden Brown Player of the Week award? So just going into this, let the let it be on record that I'm I'm putting the ball on the tee for you here, and I'm gonna take the lesser. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Romeo Dobbs. Uh just because I've been a fan of him since I've seen him in preseason, just he made some great catches in preseason. And then he's you know, he's had a up and down uh first half of the season here. But this game, four catches, sixty two yards, nothing spectacular there, but then he had that really beautiful touchdown grab. It was just uh, you know, kind of behind him a little bit. Just a, a great a great snag. And would you say that while we're talking about would you say that play earned a deep fried play of the game for you also? Yeah, so uh that that play is definitely, you know, my he's two awards in one here. So the Golden Brown player of the week and the deep fried play of the game going for that same kind of play of the Touchdown in the second quarter, 19-yard contested touchdown is is a fantastic catch. I cannot believe he pulled that ball in. That was one of the most spectacular catches I've seen a Packer make in, since the Jordy era. Yeah, it is, it is a great snag. The way he, adjust, he adjusted three times to get to that ball, and then he had to get his body in bounds. And he had to hang on to it despite the defender's arm being in between, like in between him and the ball. I just couldn't believe he dragged that in. My golden Brown player of the week is Aaron Jones, 20 carries for 143 yards. That's a 7.2 yards per carry average. Beat him. Just a beast of a night for Aaron Jones. And it was very clear that that was how to beat the Bills. Just keep running the ball. Don't let Josh Allen have any time on the field. The, our our game plan was sound. We just didn't execute it at the right time. And we showed what can happen when this team leans on the run. We need to focus on that some more. Yep. We got some honorable mentions. Jair Alexander, the aforementioned, just mouthing off all game given us a sort of a dog mentality, like just staying angry. That's what I want from players is angry play, not toxic anger where you see it on the sidelines and the team is all angry at each other, but collective anger channeled towards winning the game. We saw Rasul Douglas have a big night with five tackles, a pick and a sack. Aaron Rodgers was looking more like himself. He made the beautiful throw to Romeo Dobbs. He was finally getting out of the pocket. Oh, my God. The amounts of times in the past three or four weeks, I have seen Rodgers look like Peyton Manning where he couldn't run. He just planted his feet in the ground while the line collapsed around him. He couldn't escape to the outside where he's so dangerous. Finally got to see some of that old Aaron Rodgers magic, and he took off for an 11-yard run which I don't even remember the last time we saw Aaron run for a first. He had a nice little scamper there. Yeah. Preston Smith had a good game. And of course, AJ Dillon went 10 for 50. Not a huge yard total, but that's still five yards of carry. And it's 
it's 50 really hard won yards. The kind of yards that tires the Bills out. On the other side of that, there were some players that hurt the team more than they helped it. Our undercooked Kurt of the Week award goes to Ryan. You want to start us off? So my undercooked Kurt of the Week, put an asterisk next to it because it's a, a little bit of cheating, I guess. It's not actually a player that was on the field, but instead it's a, a member of the organization. Within the last week, it goes to Brian Gutekunst for not making any splashes before the trade deadline. We already kind of talked about it enough. I'm not going to get in the weeds here, but we needed some help. Sucks to see that we didn't do anything. Yep, that's a, it's a real shame. And um, as much as I under as much as I will admit to not knowing all that much about cap space and where the money is going and how much money we actually have to spend, I'm still thinking. You know, the Rams figure stuff out. They can figure out how to move money around. Why can't we? Got to sell some more Packer stocks. Yeah, right. I'll yeah, I'll buy some. <laughs> My undercooked Kurt of the week, uh, Quay Walker. Come on, man. And you know he already came out and apologized, and he acknowledged what he did wrong. So I'm not going to ask much more of him for that. But it was an embarrassing play that got him kicked out of the game, and we lost Devondre not that long after it happened. He tackled a guy out of bounds on the Bills' sideline when one of the tight ends for the Bills who hadn't dressed for the night tried to help him up. Uh, he got angry and pushed him, which got him ejected. Now, Quay has already gone in front of the media. He specifically requested to go in front of the media and apologize for his actions, and t- he took full responsibility for it. So props to him for that, but... What a boneheaded play in a huge game. Yeah, and we needed we needed every person we had, and for him to do something like that, it's just setting us up for failure from the get go. Yep. Uh I'm like I said, I want players playing mad. I want them to be, you know, fired up, but you need to hold your composure and you need to channel that anger in the correct places. And that was not the place for it. So Quay Walker. Undercooked Kurt of the Week, but I hope you've learned your lesson. Um, my deep-fried play of the game, since you already kind of covered your yours with Romeo Dobbs, Jair Alexander's interception in the fourth quarter at the 10-yard line. It kept us in the game. It looked like the Bills were going to score yet again, and Jair came up with a huge pick, which gave us a little hope. All right, that's the end of our awards for this week. Now it's time to look forward. Week 9, the Packers play division rivals Detroit Lions in Detroit on Sunday the 6th of November at noon. Detroit is coming into this game with one win under their belt, and we are coming in off of a four-game losing streak. Something's got to break here. Something's got to give here. We just talked about it a lot, like how heartbreaking for the Lions. You know, they've had so many... Huge point games. The only real bad game was was against the Patriots, right, where they got shut out? I think they had one, a bad game the next week, too. But, I mean, for them, just to kind of see where they're at right now, it's kind of a kind of a letdown. We all watch Hard Knocks. We were all kind of um, second-hand Lions fans, even though they're in our division. 
So to see them struggling like this with that one and six record is kind of uh kind of hurts a little bit, you know. Just feel sorry for their fans. Yeah, <laughs> kind of um, in the same boat. <laughs> we're we're definitely we <laughs> saying we understand the Lions' pain as Packer fans is a little bit like when a husband tells his wife he understands the pain of pregnancy because he's been kicked in the nuts. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, just to kind of go off of that a little bit, I have been hooked up to one of those uh, <laughs> muscle stimulators that say that make it feel like pregnancy, and I was laughing through it. So how ca- bad can it? How bad can it be, really be? Can it really be? I think they're yeah. just. I think they're just trying to exploit us a little bit here. Right. Get us. Come on. Get Lions. us some more. <laughs> we know what it's like. We've had a yeah. three-game losing streak, Lions. Yeah. We're in the same boat. We're one of you. We're one of you, Lions. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the Lions do well. I want a competitive division, naturally, because I just want to see good football. I want to see us playing against the best and playing well against the best. It's when you beat up on a team that often, it just gets old. <laughs> like I know that sounds super arrogant, but like... I mean, it also gets old losing four games in a row, but... I mean, tomato, tomato, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a game. It's a, it's supposed to be fun to watch, and it's supposed to be fun to trash talk other fans and get, you know, have back and forth arguments about who's going to win. And you want it to be relatively even. You want your teams to be good or good enough where you feel like you belong there. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for the Lions experiencing some form of, like, you know, I'd like them to experience the same highs that we experience as Packer fans, but just not at our expense. Now, these highs that you're talking about that the Packers enjoy, are you talking about Aaron Rodgers and his ayahuasca? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. What, what, what do we need to do to beat the Lions this weekend? For me, the key to this game is getting pressure on Goff, you know, Make Goff win this game. Um, make have the ball in his hands. Have him be the guy that has to make the plays. You gotta take uh, the run game kind of out of it. Yeah, if they have a strength, it's the run game with former Packer Jamal Williams leading the way at this point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm in that predicament in fantasy. I have Swift. I'm really high on Swift, but then you'll have Williams that steals two touchdowns from him and. He'll end up going for 25 any given week. So, Speaking of fantasy, and not to get too far off Packers topic, but what a fun weekend for our fantasy teams. Um, not, not fun. <laughs> all, okay, maybe just not real all quick, in all, four of my, in all four of my leagues, I put up some huge numbers, and then I just got bombed on in every other one. So <laughs> it just... Basically, going into like the Monday night games, I'm like, okay, I got this league one, this league one. I, you know, 70 to 30 percent. I know it's not a for sure win, but for me to look at it the next day because I was busy with moving, so I didn't really get to keep track. So, for me to look and see that I lost every one of them, it was just a punch (laughs) in the stomach. Your brother in law came very (laughs) close to beating me despite being 40 points down going into the Monday night game. So it was an exciting win for me, thanks to um, a heroic effort from Christian McCaffrey. 
and the more exciting matchup, which I'm very sad Cody decided to take a break this week. He won his matchup by a total of, hang on, let me, I got to pull up the actual numbers to make sure I don't get this wrong. His opponent scored 123.10 points. Cody put up 123.15 points for the win by the thinnest of margins. Oh, man. Hopefully nothing gets stat corrected. Thanks to some heroic play by T. Higgins and DJ Moore, who may have lost the game for the Panthers, but sealed a win for our co-host, Cody. I didn't even realize I was that close. (laughs) It was very close. All right, back to the Lions and the Packers. Oh, my. (laughs) Yeah, this this game real quick. I mean, you hate to say a must-win game, but for this, for the Packers, with this being a divisional game, we know the opponents they have coming up. Nothing's easy by a long shot. This Lions team, we have to we have to win against them, and it it all depends on how our wide receiving core is. You know, we I'm hoping we lean on Aaron Jones again, like we did this last week. I hope our run game comes to play. But yeah, I think this week's a must win. Yeah, and for all their losses, the Lions are still an extremely dangerous offense. Oh yeah. They got shut out once this year and they played or they got beat by the the only games they haven't been competitive in were against the Bill Belichick led Patriots where that's Bill Belichick and another extremely potent defense with Dallas. Yeah, I mean, they almost beat the Eagles. They, yeah, they're 4 points away from the Vikings. They went they put up 45 points against the Seahawks and lost by a field goal. I mean, this is not a this is not your normal 1 and 16. This is definitely a a, a team that you got to watch out for. Yeah. The the main problem is they have one of the worst defenses in the league, and that's one of the things we need to exploit. Our offense has got to be I mean, if we can't play well against the Lions, I will take back all of the props that I've given them for their performance against the Bills. This defense, every single team that's played against them has run up the score, and we need to do the same, or we are in trouble. So we'll see what happens. This game has the potential for a shootout, and historically we haven't had the best of luck in Detroit, so let's hope we can pull this one together in a must-win divisional game. Okay, Uh, Cody's not with us this week, so we're still going to skip the haiku. When all three of us are back, we're going to have like three poems that we have to get through. I think we we each do a line and see how they come together. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That could be fun, actually. I like that. Uh, In the meantime, I will take Cody's place this week. We will still do a quick trip around the league. Um, I was in Ryan's place last week and I haven't done the math yet so I don't know where everyone's record stands but we'll keep it going this week so let's take a quick trip around the league are you ready Ryan I'm ready I'll start okay I need everyone to pretend I am Cody (laughs) Uh, triple dips triple dips triple dips speaking Uh, of triple dip could that be uh, (laughs) Christian McCaffrey's new uh, 
triple dip? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, the <laughs> oh, trifecta. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> he got himself a triple dip. Yeah, he'll be the Christian <laughs> triple dip McCaffrey. I like it. That might be a new team name. <laughs> All right, I need to get into character, so if you'll excuse me, triple dip, triple dip. Okay, I feel like I'm in the headspace. It's like Beetlejuice, he's going to appear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's begin this with Thursday night's game. Philadelphia Eagles at Texans. Eagles. Eagles. Sunday's matchups, Chargers at Falcons. Chargers. Chargers. Dolphins at Bears. Let's go Bears. Dolphins. Panthers at Bengals. 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 Colts at Patriots. Colts. Patriots in Foxborough. Bills at Jets divisional game yeah i gotta give it to the bills bills vikings at commanders vikings commanders to upset raiders at jaguars uh raiders jags yeah you have to i have to i'm cody (laughs) you have a cody (laughs) seahawks at cardinals uh new call of duty came out i'm going seahawks (laughs) hawks as well uh, Rams at Buccaneers. Rams. Bucks. Titans at Chiefs. Oh, that's a good one. Titans. Chiefs. Finally on Monday night, Ravens at Saints. Ravens. I'm going to go Saints. Lots of buys this week. We got the Browns, the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Giants, the Steelers, and the 49ers all on buy. So... Okay, Cody, let's see if I helped her hurt. All right. Which game out of those are you looking forward to? For me, I'm looking forward to the Vikings versus the Commanders. Just the Commanders are in a three-game win streak. Uh, and then the Vikings, I'm curious to see how their offense looks with uh, TJ Hawkinson. Like I said, I think it's going to be a bigger change than people realize. So I'm excited to watch that game overall. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the Seahawks and the Cardinals playing. I think that's going to be a fun divisional game. Gonna Honestly, that has a potential for a shootout, so I'm excited. Okay, let's take a crack at guessing this weekend's outcome. How do you think the Packers do against the Lions? I think it's going to be pretty close. I'm going to say Packers win by a touchdown. I tend to agree. I think it's going to be... I really think this has potential for a shootout. But I think the Packers take it in the end in a must-win game by at least a touchdown as well. All right, thanks for hanging out and listening to the Deep Fried Cheese Nerds podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at DF Cheese Nerds. That's nerds with a U. You can tell us your thoughts on the team. Let us know what you think of the podcast. You can also watch podcast highlights on TikTok at DF Cheese Nerds Pod. We'll see you next week. Well, we best be hitting the road. Have a good one. Bye. Cody's not here for his little after. Insert Cody stinger. (laughs) Insert Cody stinger. You guys heard about that triple dip? What? (laughs) All right, bye. Bye.